to the Be Inspired podcast, presented by Inspired World magazine. Today, I'm presenting parts two to four of an interview with Derek Mills. Derek has written a book called The 10 Second Philosophy. You can catch up with Derek at his website, www.derek-mills.com. They call you the standards guy. Now, yes. why is that? Can you explain to everybody? Yes. Um, one of the concepts that came through to me in that first 10-second moment um, was, was really a, a stark reality. I think every one of us knows that a lot of things that we know are absolutely not true. But we should accept them because mm-hmm. the rest of the world does. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things that you and I know and, 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 and your listeners know is actually not true and is not correct. But we accept it and we act from that place. Up until the end of 2003, I had spent 18 years in the world as an adult, and of course many years as a child, believing that uh, the way to achieve happiness and success was based upon setting goals and achieving those goals. And pretty much every teacher around the world says, set your goals and no, happiness and success, what do you do? Why well, set your goals? Well, how come after 18 years of me doing this and listening to the tapes and reading the books and listening to the CDs and going on courses that um, I was broken and depressed, age 38, how come? And how come I kept meeting people all around me that were also not achieving their goals and not happy? So what was interesting is that when I was in that first 10-second moment, the, one of the first things that came out to me was stop setting goals and start setting daily standards and living by those standards. Standards set from inside of you. And I'll define that for you in, in, in a second. But it was a shock when I heard that because what was coming through was, I've been doing this for 18 years. But the response was, well, after 18 years, here you are broken, depressed, how's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we could ask that question of any of us, or even in the world, or, you know, the world has had many goals and plans and countries do this and communities do and people do, but how's that working out? So each one of us can now ask, well, how's that working out? So this goals concept I've since learned over the last, since I've woken up the last eight or nine years, has really been around heavily in human experience for the last hundred odd years. And it's made us all believe that that's the only way to be happy and successful. But it is not, because most of the world is not happy and successful. Most of the world does not achieve their goals. So it's a fallacy. So to answer your question simply, my my inner self said, you're not happy because you keep putting off your happiness for the future when you achieve some goal. And by the way, you're not achieving your goals. So you're going to remain unhappy. You're going to remain pushing your happiness into the future, and that's where your happiness will stay. So stop setting goals and start being present. Start being now. Start being your true self. Of course, the genius of each of our true selves and and mine like yours and everybody else's, it gave me the how. It said, start setting daily standards, which are the basis, criteria, level, quality, or rule. Basis, criteria, levels, qualities, or rules that you set from inside of yourself from who you truly are, for your life, in the most important areas of your life, set new high standards and stick at those standards, not for three years or three months or you know, for a quarterly business plan. Stick at your standards, set from the true self, just for one day. Just until you put your head back on, on your pillow tonight, stick at the standards given to you by your true self, just for one day. And as you do that, it's, there's a lovely kind of one hand washing the other, the more we are our true selves, the easier it is to stick at our standards, which is our truth, our practical truth working in the world. But the more we stick to our standards, which are practical things that we can do, the more we remain in our true self. So what I discovered was that you know, goals cause a disconnect between who we truly are, where standards say, 
stay true to you. That's true, because if you, if you set a goal that's um, too high to achieve, you also feel like a failure. Well, absolute wisdom, yeah. Alison, because most people set goals. And, you know, we, we when we launched the book at the end of last year, um, uh, I think it was Leslau PR did some um, research in America, and they did research that told them that only 3% of North Americans said that they achieved their life goals. And that that's, so, that's quite depressing, isn't it? It's also, it makes, oh, you, yeah. it makes <laughs> you feel a bit disillusioned with life. And Well, certainly with goals, yeah. because we've <laughs> been told that, that, that that's what you do to achieve happiness and success. Well, where's, where, where's the numbers? Where's the facts that show that that is true? You know, every one of us today can talk to the next 10 people that we meet and say, A, do you set goals? And B, have you achieved them? And how do you feel about that? And See, Alison, no one sets goals to be unhappy, do they? Mm, that's true. We all set goals to be happy. But what we do as human beings, we reserve that happiness for the achievement of that goal. And that's where it stays out in the future. Where standards say, be you today. Set the criteria, the levels, the basis, the qualities and the rules for your life from your true spirit, from who you truly are, and be and act and live at that standard for today. And there are seven key areas you can set standards in. They're around you know, your relationships, your career, time, your emotions, your environment, your personal health and fitness, of course, is top of the list, because if you're not here, then you know you can't do much with this life. If you're not <laughs> that here. is so true. The personal health yeah. and fitness is the important one. And before yeah. you carry on, you have, um, you have a perfect, this is called the perfect life standard system. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's right. And you have a template. I just want to tell the listeners this because it's important. You. you have a template that's available on your website that they can download. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you go to www.derek-meals.com, you'll be able to download this perfect life standards template. And it really is excellent. You can fill in the gaps sort of thing and um, it can lead you onto a way to, to set those standards because sometimes we do need guidance, don't we? Um, we do. Yeah. We all need guidance and... Uh, there are two major issues here. One is that we all need guidance. But the philosophy that I that came through me that I share in the first book is actually saying we all need guidance of how to go inside and listen to our own guidance. <laughs> that makes, does, that, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. But it's yeah. true. We need yeah. we all need a support system. Yeah, indeed. And, and that support system is okay. I believe that inside of each of us is is sagacity, is wisdom, is a guru, is a genius. I don't mean, of course, an academic genius. I mean someone this thing inside of us can actually revolutionise our lives and revolutionise maybe even the world of, as others have done when they've set standards and set of goals. So the document that you refer to actually says, OK, let me guide you through a process, just four simple steps. Examine your old standards and the seven key areas are there through what's called the perfect life standard system. Examine your old standards in these seven areas. And then recognise where did they come from? How did you get those standards? Were they given to you, forced upon you? Did you just pick them up by accident, osmosis? How did you get them? And here's the thing. Question yourself and say, do those standards honour and serve me anymore? Do they still honour and serve me? And if they don't, here's what we can do. This is the gift of life that we can say today, those are my standards. And from today, these are my new standards. We can let go of the standards in our lives, in our relationships, our career, our health, that no longer serve us, that no longer honour us. And of course, to honour ourselves means to remember ourselves. And once we set some new standards that do serve who we are now, we can then stick those standards and commit to doing that just for today. And I think that's an important part, because anyone that goes to this document, I don't want people to go download this document and think I'm going to stick to my standards for the rest of my life. I think that's tough. I think it's hard to do. So what the philosophy shares is, 
how about we just do this just for today? And if the good Lord gives you tomorrow, or if you wake up tomorrow, whatever your belief system is, then you stick to your standards just for that day. And no more, just until you fall asleep tonight. Um, so the process says, review, see what honors you, see what serves you still. Yes, I think that's a, so I think that's a very, very good um, point about standards and goals. The standards are the present and goals yes. are the future. And the future, we can't, we can't live the future. We can only well, live the present. We can't because, yes. you know, happiness is a now experience. See, mm. we can't be happy tomorrow. Happiness is a now experience. So standards are a now experience and standards are a now activity. So when we do the review... I, I call um, when, you, when we do the review and set new standards, setting higher standards. Mm. It doesn't actually mean f actually physically higher, but it means standards that are better for you, which for me means higher, better for your true self, your higher self. So set higher standards for you and live at those standards. And can I just share w one thing, Alison, about um, setting standards? Is that is a 2,000 years ago, Christ walked the earth. And whether you know you believe a son of God or just a very powerful prophet, mm -hmm. Um, or just a, a wise man. I mean, it's documented this guy through m many of the major faiths that yes, he was there, yes. he, he was around. So 2,000 years ago, he walks on the earth. And to me, I believe he's son of God. What's interesting is he, he gave these words for us to remember. Of all the things he said, he said, remember these words. And do, do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Oh, yes, definitely. We had uh, to repeat yeah. it every day at school, but I never... Absolutely. I said the words, but I never really understood what I was saying, really, because oh, you, it... You, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> it became parrot fashion, and that was a problem yeah. with school. Everything was parrot fashion, wasn't it? Yeah, it was indeed. And when I, see, when I woke up, you know, those few, those, these short few years ago, and ever since then, there were four words that kept coming back to me, and they were, give us this day. Give us this day. Because in the middle of the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer, these four words, give us this day. What Christ was saying there was actually, it's about the day. It's about now, it's about yes. being present in today. About being loving today, caring today, knowing, knowing who you are today, giving who you are today, learning about you today, caring, sharing, loving, making a difference today. And I believe he's the son of God, but you know, to me, you know, if, it, if he'd meant to say, you know, like a goal, give us this week, give us this month, give us this quarter, <laughs> give us this fiscal year, give us this three-year business plan, I think he'd have said so. Son of God and all that. I don't think he misspoke, do you? I don't well, think no, he, he knew what he was talking about, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a slip of the tongue. I think he meant give us this day. So what goals do? Goals say it's about tomorrow. But the another part of scripture, he then says, have no worry for tomorrow. It will take care of itself. And for a while I struggled with that, thinking, what, what does that really mean? But then I realized that when we are our true selves and using practical approach such as standards to keep ourselves true to ourselves in today, our future is taken care of. So the only way to have no worry about tomorrow is to be all you can be today. And, and to trust, the word trust again, yeah. Absolutely, and that's where it began. So, so yes, go to the website, there's a free download there. There's also a small PDF around, um, uh, an audio around um, goals. But the most important thing is to begin the standards process by looking at that. And, of course, the book is available through the website and on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and anywhere but else as well. The great thing about this is that we can start now. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like we can start right at this moment to set a new standard for ourselves. But I think sometimes we forget that we can actually take control of our lives because we're not taught yeah. that, are we? No. We're, uh, um, I love the way you... Yeah, we're um, at school. They don't let you take control of your life. I fell into totally the wrong university degree and all the rest of it because I wasn't told that I could make my own mind up. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> well, realise. 
Well, I, in the book, I talk about the constructs of the world. And the constructs of the world, these systems and, and processes that we, and the media and all that, it, 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 it has one key thing that it does to us. It takes us out of our true self, who we really are, and our gifts and abilities, and takes us into non-self. And if we're really blessed, even after years of troubles, we get the chance to wake up and say, OK, I'm going to now spend the next 60 years discovering who I really am and giving that into the world. But the, the, the thing that really um, caused me pain was recognising that many people won't wake up. They'll be stuck as their non-self for the whole of their lives and never have had the reveal of who they truly are and the blessing of what they came here as. And so when I wrote the book, it was about saying, look, you know, inside every single one of us, there's the true self. And we can be 1% ourself and 99% non-self. Or we can begin to shift that mark a bit by bit and becoming more of our true self. And for me, it's around, God willing, if I'm here in no 60 years' time, I'll know more about who I really am on the inside and I'll be able to get that what's on the inside into the outside world. Because I began to realise that there's only one reason I've got gifts and abilities and talents and light and love and energy inside of me, and that's to have it outside of me. And, and I think w- with your book as well and with the audios and this podcast, with all the technology that we have now, we have so much, there is so much possibility to spread the word throughout yes. the world. So, uh, yeah. you know, you came at the right time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that, that's the thing is that, um, you know, what's really interesting, uh, Alison, mm-hmm. is that, uh, see, I only woke up and began to live my true self and uh, turn my life around um, age 38. Here's what's really interesting. See, I woke up and I realised you know, who I really was and I began to listen to the guidance and follow through on all that was coming through. When, within three years, I go from a place where I was broken, whatever, and I, I'm, within that very first day when I opened up to myself, I became happy because I knew I was going to live that from that day onwards as my true self. Within three years, I'm a millionaire because some, some people, of course, look and say, well, Derek, you're broken and happy if you're still broke. <laughs> <laughs> How does that attitude philosophy help us? Well, you know what? I realised I, I became, I began to listen to my inner wisdom, and my wisdom guided me, not just in my relationships, in my life and health, guided me in my business. So my, I, I, I still do, and I the same business I've always done, but from, from being broke one day, waking up and becoming happy, within three years I'm a millionaire. Well, and I earned a million dollars in one year, and then I began to do other things. I began to discover things inside of me that I didn't even know were there. You know, I began to do creative things, began to be a professional speaker. I executive produced an award-winning, award-winning film that won awards in America and also was screened at Rain Dance in London. And the only reason I'm sharing that with you is that when we wake up to our true selves, we have no idea the gifts and abilities and talents that are truly there. We have to wake up to that and what's inside of us can revolutionise not just our lives, maybe even the world. That's so true. And you were a stutterer as well, weren't you? And you, you're now, you're yes. a wonderful speaker with no stutter or anything. So it just goes to show you that once you take control of your life and get Absolutely. into your true self, you can do anything. Yeah, and everything's possible. And the key message there that, uh, see, at age 38, I was struggling and um, that really in a, in a poor place, in, in every area you can imagine that's important in, in an individual's life. But when I woke up and I became a genius... Here's the thing. I must have been a genius all the way along. Mm-hmm. It must have been inside of me all that time. I just didn't wake up to what was there. And that really is a driver of the book to say, hold on a second. If you look at the very first page of the book, 
in the introduction, it says, I woke up and I realized I was a genius, I was a guru. And if I'm a genius, if I'm a guru, then so is everybody else. It's already inside of us. The, the philosophy is a practical philosophy to help each individual wake up to their genius. And I'm just, the most exciting thing for me is I can see myself as continually helping people to wake up to who they really are and get their genius and their gifts into the world. Because I know that one day I'm going to wake somebody else up. Well, Alison, you're going to wake somebody else up. Or someone that you wake up, wake somebody else up. And that person is going to change the world for the better. And that's the, the, the joy for me of this journey to say, you know what? One day we may be in the foothills of spirituality, you and I. But one day we may wake somebody up who goes up the mountain, way up the mountain, and literally changes the world. Yes, wow. So when we are ourselves, when we are our true selves, we have to be able to practically live as our true self. That's why standards help. But when we are our true selves, you know, as well as I do, from I've seen from your, your work on the net, that we share our light. And when we share our light to somebody else, we help them to wake up to their light, and it's their light that may change the world. Maybe just change one life, or maybe change millions of lives, and that's the excitement of all of this. It's after all, lots of candles make a lot of light, don't they? Lots Indeed, of candles yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, and the, the analogy or the metaphor that we've learned about the candle is that the, when we share our light, which to me means being your true self in love and light for others, when we share that true self, our light does not diminish whatsoever. In fact, the more we share our light, as you just said, the more light we get for ourselves as well as for others. And it's okay to have more light for yourself. Oh, definitely, um, I'd agree with that as much yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah, you know, And one of the things that um, that I share in the in the philosophy, uh, which is not um, a brutal explanation, but it is to say there are some truths. I talk about the on the mountain people and the off the mountain people, and I think that I've met in my life since my my new life is uh, since I've woken up, I've met so many people who are lovely, beautiful, spiritual, what I would call mind, body, spirit people who, uh, many of them, haven't really appreciated the value that we are here in a physical world, and it's okay to be prosperous in this world. That you can turn your genius on and be prosperous, not just for the world, but for you too. Whatever we discover about ourselves, we can have value back to ourselves when we give of ourselves. And a, a quick example of giving that is that I know that um, we talked about um, Jesus a couple of times, so just might as well stick on that, on that, that idea or that theme. 2,000 years ago, um, we know that Jesus was, uh, you know, was until age 30, a carpenter. And his earthly uh, father, Mary's husband, Joseph, was also a carpenter. I don't believe for one second that they made tables and chairs and cupboards and wardrobes and doors and gave them away at the front door. No. Well, they had to I eat they, as well, didn't absolutely. they? Absolutely. I think they made that stuff and they gave value to the world and they got silver and gold and exchanged goods in return. In other words... If it's okay for them, it's okay, because the reason I'm making this point right now, Alison, you'd be surprised how many people I've met around the world who are the most beautiful people that somehow when you mention about being prosperous or making money, they almost think, well, if I do that, I can't be spiritual. Well, you know, it's actually not true. Yes, I've had this before as well, and it's certainly not true, because when you give your time, you, you, you should have that exchange. Even the old shamans in the past used to accept gifts from from people that they used to heal, because it's only fair. Time requires uh, some sort of reward. Yes. And um, you know, I've had that from a lot of people, but in the end, we all have to eat. We all have to put our kids through college. <laughs> yes, indeed, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so... Yeah, we know the, the, the lot of spiritual laws that people will pay attention to, but some of the earthly laws are, you know, 
if you don't work, you don't eat. And if you don't pay your bills, they take your house. Exactly. I mean, we live in a physical reality and our physical bodies have to be provided for. Absolutely. And also, you have to earn money because you've got internet bills to pay as well. (laughs) And you can spread the word more because you can travel to different countries. You can speak to people. Not everybody actually goes on the computer. So Yeah, that's a really great point you made there because when we create prosperity for others, we get prosperity back for ourselves and we can use our prosperity to spread the word and help people to wake up and to change lives and just put love and positivity into the world even more. If you can't afford to pay for your computer, if you can't afford a computer, if you can't afford to pay your internet connection, if you can't get a bus, a train or an airplane to go and spread your word, you're not gonna be able to be as effective in sharing your light. So I want you just to make that point because I talk about it in the book that um, there are those who are asleep and I want to help people to wake up to the spiritual reality of who they are. But at the same time, the book talks about those who are already spiritual and have them wake up to the reality of here we are in a physical world with real laws around supply and giving and adding value and bills and money. So the whole guru, the whole genius, the true self knows both parts of this. And the book shows how to operate well in both worlds because it's actually just one world. Yes, because our, our society is based on a monetary system, so you just can't get away from that, really. No. I must admit, I have been given a chicken once or twice for my services, but <laughs> <laughs> nobody believes a, me. In meal. Nobody <laughs> believes me in England when I tell them this. Somebody bought a live chicken once because I live in quite a rural area. There are yes. a lot of farmers, and you do something for someone, and they want to give you something, but they haven't got a lot of money, so they give you eggs or they give you a chicken or pizza or sausage yeah you know all sorts of nice stuff and it's the same sort of thing that their money is their produce indeed it's indeed. Ex- that, that's their uh, medium of exchange that's right and it's great stuff and it's all very healthy <laughs> yes indeed so the other thing i want i want you to sort of advise people when we start setting standards when we start changing um not everyone will kind of go along with it will they they'll take a bit of getting used to it absolutely right mm. what, what advice do you give yeah one of the realize that um i'll say firstly be patient mm-hmm. um stick to your standards but be patient because if you're uh, you know 50 years old or 30 years old or even 60 years doesn't matter what, what age you are if you've been the old you for a number of years maybe even decades and then you suddenly realise more of who you are and you set new standards that will really help your genius to flow and help you to be happier and more you. See, the rest of the world has been used to you being the old you for many, many years. So they're going to go into, for just a while, they're going to treat you as the way that you used to be. So we have to be patient around our standards. We have to stick to them. Stick to them long enough to see what would happen if we did. But we have to be patient with those around us. So you know, when I... Um, first have this epiphany or this first 10 second moment I um, wrote down lots of standards for my, for my life, I wasn't seeing my kids I was working six days a week, I wasn't having time for my wife, I, I set up lots of new standards and I came home with this colour coded chart which I laminated and gave <laughs> a copy to my children I gave a copy to my wife, I've got a copy of put on the fridge magnets you know, because it was there, to, you know, it's important to share your standards with those who you, can, you know, love and trust um, not with all and sundry. Mm-hmm. You just be your standards with the other people. So I came home and did this, and I you know, said, look, no, new dad, new husband, new standards, and for that, 
because from that place I began to set standards for who I truly was from within. Um, and of course, I'm guessing that right now they're perhaps looking at me with a slightly cynical eye, you know, <laughs> when I was saying oh, to my kids, I'm going to take you to school every single morning. For and they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do any more working weekends. And we'll be there in the evening to put you to bed and to, and to do your prayers and to be there in the evening to come to the events you've got at school. Because I'm not having any more evening appointments. These are my new work standards, which tie with my family standards. I want to have Friday off to spend with mom. And, um, and that became Jerry time because, you know, Jerry time means that my wife is called Geraldine, Jerry for short. <laughs> so Friday was, was Jerry time. And, um, and I ended up moving my working uh, life and my family life where I want to live the life as I really am. And I did recognize that my, my, my family were angels. And if heaven sends angels to us, we should work to spend time with them. And I set all these new standards. And in the office, for example, a lot of my colleagues at the office, I was in a self-employed agent, a lot of them thought, Derek's lost it. <laughs> he can't just refuse to see, go out and see clients and not work weekends and do evenings and uh, have fruit because that's not what we do here. You know, he's, been, he's done this for 18 years now, but you know, he can't simply just change and have these new high standards around not having clients destroy his life, which is what was really happening. Um, and when I got home, of course, my family were, for a while, expecting me to slip on my standards and to go back to working six or seven days a week. And um, I didn't. And therefore, everything, it changed every relationship. So funny thing, <laughs> when you become your true self, you change and therefore everything changes for you. My, the people I was trying to do business with and prospects and clients, it's as if they saw me in a different way. I know that they did. And it was more than just seeing with their eyes. I mean, they began to see me in film and experience me in a different way from the get-go, which is all of a sudden they began to do business with me at levels, with me at levels which I had never had before. And they began to refer people to me at levels I'd never had before. They began to say yes at levels I'd never had before. And I fancy they were seeing something else inside of me that wasn't being revealed before. And of course I became happier. And when I began to be my true self, my wife became a better wife. <laughs> Well, it's like a knock-on effect, doesn't it? My kids became better kids, my friends became better (laughs) friends. Isn't it amazing? My father became a better father. You know what? It was was me, not being my Mm. true self, that was damaging those relationships, including my business. When I woke up to be my true self, I changed. So everything changed for me. So here's something something that we can all, each every one of us can do right now. We can look at the most important areas of our life by going to the website, choosing one of the seven areas. We could work on all seven of them, and many people do but maybe choose one or two areas of the perfect life standard system. There are only seven to choose from. Choose one or two areas and set some brand new standards in those areas and commit to sticking up that news, those new higher standards, high daily standards just for today. And if you're given a tomorrow and you wake up and your eyes open tomorrow morning, then you stick at your standards just for that day. And just keep doing this long enough to see what would happen if you did. Because I know that someone that you share this broadcast with, someone that I talk to, someone that you share the book with, or who they share the book with, mm. is going to change the world. And I know this. They may not set out to change the world, but somebody will. Oh, I certainly believe no, that. Do you remember when I wrote in the book about Rosa Parks? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because she's someone, you know, in December 1955, that didn't set out to change the world, but she did. I think everyone can do this. She sat on the bus December the 1st, 1955, near the front of the bus, because the back was full. And she stayed at the front of the bus when someone of a different skin colour said to her, move to the back of the bus. But she did not move. And the reason she didn't move is that in that moment, 
she said to herself, no, this is who I am. This yes. is my true self. Mm -hmm. I, I hold myself to my true and to a higher standard of who I really am. And therefore, I'm going to act. From, I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm going to act from this place. And here's why that was contextually vitally important. Because of the previous 300 years, African-Americans had said one day to equality, to freedoms, to rights, to where they can ride on the bus, to which restaurants they could go into, which hotels they could stay into. Well, they said one day we'll all have this. They, they marched and they sang that song one day and they had the plaques and they said one day. So that was a goal, some point in the future. Yes. When America changed, when Rosa Parks said, uh-uh, this is no longer a goal for the future, this is for now, this is my new standard, this is how I see myself, it's how I'm going to be. And here's what happened. She didn't know this, but just around the corner, Martin Luther King had been um, nominated as head, as head of the Montgomery Improvement Association. He heard about her cause and took up her case, of course, as you know. He became Martin Luther King because of the civil rights movement that, he, that it erupted from that place. I do believe he wouldn't have Martin Luther King the way that we know him, unless we had Rosa Parks with that decision, that new standard that she set that day. Yeah, she said no in that moment, and that's what I love about this yeah, philosophy. Yeah, it's in yeah. the moment. It's something exactly. we can just all do. Because sometimes yeah. we... It's not... This isn't the philosophy we learnt at school. This is something that we can all get our teeth into. And we can see the, the results also rather quickly. You don't have to wait until next year to see the results. Absolutely. You just have to I wait until the end really, of the day. That's really, really a great point you've made there, because, you know what... It's a funny thing. Why didn't we learn this stuff at school? <laughs> because when you set a new standard for yourself in one of the seven areas of your, of your life, that changes you immediately on the inside. And if, if you change on the inside, your outside will change. And that's just, well, that's really simple. So how can we haven't got this before? I know, it seems really it's strange, like, isn't it? Why haven't we got it before? <laughs> well, this is where when I began to share the philosophy of what came through for me and how I changed my life and people that came approaching me for coaching and for mentoring... And I got a chance to speak around the world because people were saying, this is simple, we get this, we can do this, and we can do this today. And the point you made earlier on, it was, it was quite actually pathetic because um, Rosa Parks, you remember, when she set that standard, she stuck at her standard, but guess what? The world around her didn't, didn't change for her straight away. How do we, and how do we know that? Because they arrested her. Mm. They said, oh, no, no, this is the standard. You, you're black, you go to the back of the bus, that's the standard. And she was arrested. She was taken to the first court, then the next court, then, of course, to the Supreme Court, the highest court in America. And you know what happened? With the protesting and the, and the bus boycotts, eventually the highest court said, you know what? I think Rose has got this right. The right standard <laughs> is for everyone to be treated the same, right where they want to. The schools not to be... And we won't know the rest. The schools and segregation and restaurants, whatever. So I do believe this, and I hold this in my heart, that at some point, you, I, or someone listening to this conversation today either they or someone that they talk to or share this philosophy will, with will wake up and make big changes in the world. Even if it's not their intention, they're going to be able to change the world. Maybe your country, maybe their community, but who knows, maybe the world. Well, who knows? We have to start with ourselves and then Indeed. go from there and who knows where That's it'll end up. Mm. Yeah, I think the point is there is that we, we do start with ourselves, but because we don't attach to the outcome, we just stick to our truth. We don't know what's going to happen as a result of us sticking to our true self and our standards. That's the joy of this. It's like you can almost be excited every day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, should happens. be, I think. We should get more excited every day, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I set myself a new standard last year. I didn't call it a standard then. I would call it a standard now, having read your book. Mm. It was like a personal health and fitness standard because I'd let yes. things go a bit, you know, like you do with kids yes. and things. And mm -hmm. I, um, it was one of those 10-second moments 
I was round my husband's cousin's house and she said, oh, I'm going swimming on Saturday. And I thought, yeah, that sounds good. I'll come with you. Mm-hmm. So I went with her. And since that time, I've been going like four or five times a week. And I just went. I took one day at a time. I didn't, and I like, pushed myself one day at a time. And that was the standard that I set for myself. And a yes. year later, my blood pressure's gone down. I'm fitter. I feel better. I have more energy. And oh, wow, that amazing. was just it, one day at a time. The first time I went, I could barely do 20 lengths. But I was happy with that 20 lengths because mm. it was 20 lengths I hadn't done the day before. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but a year later, I managed 100. And that was like a real, you know, I realised it works. You do yeah. just day by day. Don't think of it a year's time. Oh, my God, mm. it's going to take me a year to get fit or... Mm. Day by day, and you start feeling better the day after. You really do. Of course, because you know when you begin to, to go, when you when we go inside and say what, what's real for me, what's true for me, we can then begin to set standards from that place. So when we're living from what's true for us, we become happier now. You haven't got to wait for three years to become happy, or for three months, or when you've got that much money in your bank, or when you're that weight. So you can say, hold on a second, I'm living my truth, and this is the key thing. I'm living my truth now, so I'm happy now. Yeah, yeah, I did. If I had, if the book had another strap line, it would be, you know, the 10 second philosophy for happiness and success now. Oh, and that's another thing that I need to ask you, that your success, how would you define success? Because I love the way you defined it in your book. For me, success, true success yes. is around discovering and revealing to yourself who you truly are, what you truly are, with the gifts and abilities and talents and then actually, and that's what I call your true self. And I, and I don't care how metaphysical this may sound to some, but we have this light, we have this energy, we have this love and gifts and abilities and talents and wisdom inside of us. We know this. We are linked to the whole universe. That everything is energy and energy is everything. We cannot, from a spiritual point of view or from a quantum physics point of view, separate from the fact that everything is energy. We came, so we are part of the universe. I believe that every one of us has that true self part of the universe, the wisdom of it inside of us. And here's what success and happiness is to me. Discovering for the rest of your life, day by day, what's inside of you. And then sharing that with the rest of the world. I, I call that realize squared. How do, you, how do you become happy? How do you be happy? Well, find out who you are. And whatever you discover is inside of you, be that. Do that in the world. So the phrase, I, I got a chapter on this um, called realize squared. And to me, Realize Squared is where we get happiness and success from. Realize Squared says, I don't care whether you're 69 or 29 or 19 or 9. Spend the rest of your years on this planet looking inside of you, realizing what's inside of you. Look inside again and again and again, realize what's inside of you. But that's not, that's not it. The second realization, which is called Realize Squared, is the multiplier comes when we have we spend our time making real that which we discover about ourselves. So when we find gifts and abilities and love and light and energy inside of ourselves, is we must then make it real, realize it, make it real in the world. And the simple question becomes, why would that stuff be inside of us if not to have it outside of us? See, none of us have to wait for 20 years to be happy. Well, I'll be happy when I'm retired, when I stop doing this darn job and I start... <laughs> <laughs> what I really want to do. No, you can start living as you today, therefore be happy today, and what you do will benefit you and benefit your world, your community, your family 
today. So your happiness is a now experience. This is one of the key messages. When you, when we are our true selves, be looking inside, discovering who we are, and then being that person, we are happy because that's what we came here to do. So to let out that is that which is within. And if it wasn't meant to be let out, it would not be within us. So we achieve our happiness. And here's a way to be unhappy for the rest of your life. That's Only do what the world yeah. thinks you should do. And don't discover what's really inside of you. If you do that, you can be happy for as long as you want. Because if you want to be really unhappy, don't be your true self. Live as your non-self. And what, we, what we're really saying through the philosophy is really, really simple. The way to be practically your true self each and every single day is by setting standards from within and committing to being you at your standards just for one day at a time. No pressure. And then you do that long enough to allow your gifts and abilities and talents to pour out of you. Because I promise you this, once they begin to come out in smaller and then larger ways, you won't change from that place because you'll know that you're different. You will have changed. And of course, you'll feel so good, won't you? Absolutely. It's like sometimes it's hard to believe that we choose unhappiness when we can choose happiness. Yes. And and also, it's about the house. People go, well, how am I? How do I become happy? Only uh, at the beginning of last year, I had what I would call a a, a very high-income individual came to me. And um, he really came to me for one reason, he thought. Um, And he came to me because he said um, he wanted to significantly multiply his income. Raymond is already earning very, very high income. And um, he told me he wanted to have the highest accolades in his company and he was on a, you know, a, a remuneration basis based on his results. So he thought, if I can work harder and do more business, then you know, I'll be happy and successful. <laughs> and um, you know, he came in for, you know, to talk about setting his new standards and we looked, went through a process. And I kind of said to myself, I'll let him discover this rather than just telling him. So we, set, we helped him to go through some new standards in his life and his career and his family and relationships and things. And we did the work, went inside and set these new standards. But he only set them because he wanted to have more money and to be one of the top people in his company within the following year. Um, here's what was really interesting. Session two, he came back to me and said, Derek, something really interesting is happening here. He said, I'm with my son in the car and I feel this real connection with him. I can kind of... He's 15, I'm getting, I can understand what he, who he is and I'm getting where he's coming from and we're having this really great conversation that we've never had with my wife. I'm going to give her space in, the, in, our, in, our, in our life and to have time for her. Instead of rowing, I'm now stopping and saying, let me understand and appreciate her and, and be my authentic self. And, and with my clients, I set these new standards around what they have to do for, for minimum orders and, and what, how we have to respect each other and treat one another. And, and he said, you know what? I just feel more me. I feel happier. And really, Alison, that was the key. Because standards don't just give us a practical approach to being of our true selves. Sticking to our standards help us to go further inside our true selves and to experience ourselves and who we truly are. So he came back saying, I feel more authentic, more balanced, more centred and more connected to others. However, when when you think back, when the, the first meeting he came in, he wanted just to earn more money. Now, let's give you the, the, the back end of that story. Last year, with him being more authentic, balanced, centred and connected to others, guess what? He earned more money. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Yeah. He had his best year yet. Best year yet, 2012. Yes. It's all about focus, isn't it? Focusing in yeah. the, on the right, um, the right things. It is indeed. Yeah. So once we've set our standards, 
Um, mm-hmm. the, the ten second philosophy. How does that fit in to guide us, guide us on our journey? Because because yeah, the, the, the philosophy is for me it had to be a complete one, a practical thing, but also knowing that there's far more to just setting standards mm-hmm. for the philosophy. And, and this was around what we mentioned before, which is the universe is constantly giving us signals. See, my question from the security guard was just a signal from the universe to say, I'm going to try and wake this guy up. You know, he's a genius, but he's struggling and he's depressed. But if I wake him up, he'll discover himself. So the universe came to me and said, um, what time do you get in this morning? It's a throwaway question, but I paid attention. And here's, where we, here's what we all can do to improve our lives. If we are ever in our day, or maybe many times throughout the day, anything causes us to stop, to pause, to just go, oh, oh, or to catch their eye for a moment. I believe that's the universe, that's what we're part of, is giving us a message. And here's what we can do. We can take that word or that question or that phrase or that idea and let it sink inside for a few seconds, maybe even longer than 10 seconds. And it sink inside us to see what it means for us on the inside. It's as if to say, let the key messages, the things that come to you from, you know, from outside of you, allow you to go inside to discover what it means for you. When I say what it means for you, it's what it means for your true self. But we only access that place when we stop and take those seconds to just pause. Let it sink in. Let it sort when it does to you on the inside, they take it in further, take it in further, that's what it means. And then be still and listen to that guidance, the message, the, the intuition that comes from that place. And the final part of that, as I mentioned before, is once you get that thing to take you on the inside, is to absolutely make sure you follow through on whatever guidance or wisdom or action come from that place. See, what's really important here, having, having worked with so many people now about around this, how to use the philosophy, standards is easy because it's very practical. But I say, pay attention to the universe. It's constantly giving you words, thoughts, questions, phrases. Like it could be in an advert, a, a clip on the... You might be writing, writing something on your, on your notepad or on your iPad, and the same time you're writing that very same word, someone on the radio says the same word. Oh, yeah, that happens exact all the time, yes. And these things are, to me, there is no such thing as synchronicity. These are simple messages that from the universe saying, come on, wake up, pay attention. And you no, know, you're like part of the universal machine and the whole machine tries to support the rest of the machine. So and when someone gives you a question that causes you to stop and pause, don't just walk on. That's your pot of gold. <laughs> That's where you need to stop and pause and go, hold on a second. This could be a 10 second moment. That thought just came to me. Let me stop. Pause. Go inside. See what it does. So what comes up from that place, and I must repeat this again and again, whatever comes from that place, whether it be a word, say that word. If it's a deed, do the deed. Turn left instead of right. Call that person, go to that, whatever it might be, follow those words, write that thing down. Because I promise you now, when I began to do this in such a big way, and trusting myself that from my inside, we have not got time to go through it. That's part of the second book. <laughs> um, actually, it's around what was happening for me when we trust ourselves and really follow the inner guidance from within our intuition. And I began to follow myself and trust my intuition on the small things first, then the bigger things. And the, it's as if to say that the more I trusted myself and followed the messages from the guidance from within, that my true self gave me more and more and more. And my kind of life is kind of lovely. People often say to me now, well, how did you get that opportunity? And, and they got you to do that. And you've only been talking for three years, but you got to talk at the 
one of the biggest conferences in the world. You got to sign this film with Jack Canfield and John Gray. Someone asked you to be an executive producer for a film which you've never done before, and you suddenly went and did that. You got asked to, you got asked by um, a literary agent to have your book published with Hay House. You meet Hay House without showing them a single word, and they said, yes, we'll do that book. You meet clients who've got, who introduce you to other clients, and you do business, you meet most wonderful friends. You had no friends before, and they've got friends all over the world who you adore. How's this happened? Let me tell you how this has happened. I began to trust the universe to give me the messages that come from within. And often that's just a spark from the outside that takes me inside. When it takes me inside, I go there. I allow myself to go inside, almost like a mini meditation. And then, for the final repetition, I take action from that place. And that has made all the difference. It's rather funny you say all that, because this interview is actually a result of a a 10-second moment... Because I was on Facebook and I, I saw an article that had been written on lucid dreaming. And I thought, well, that yeah. looks interesting. So I clicked on the article and it took me to the Inspired World magazine. Yes. And they were actually looking for interviewers. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I have a podcast. I like speaking to people. So I applied and uh, here I am. And um, well, you know, okay. talking to you. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And, and, and this is it, he's following those paths through. There's one, one thing, a bit of guidance I have to give to people because um, sometimes I meet someone that says, um, well, this happened, it must mean that, and that must mean that, and because that happened, and then they talk about synchronicity, and they talk about um, you know, what you might call coincidences, and I just say, just for a while, let go of all of that. Let go of the fact that anything is supposed to mean anything, and just follow through with your intuition. I met someone which I talked about in the book um, a few years ago, I talked about it in, in the book, who said to me, Derek, I did all the things you were saying, set my standards, follow guidance from the universe, and, you know, I kept going this way and going that way. I went to this dinner, I was really, really strongly, intuitively guided to go to this dinner. I used my intuition to guide me, you know, to the right table, which I to talk about in the book, the right seat to sit at and follow the intuition of the guidance on the small and the big things. She said to me, I had to this table with these eight or nine other people and, and nothing happened. I was my true self. I, had my, I held my space and then, you know what, I didn't get a business opportunity. I didn't find it. Nothing happened. Nothing came from that place. And I said, hold on a second. We are all part of the oneness. I can bet your bottom dollar, my bottom dollar, that a huge amount happened from that place. Because here's the thing. You went into there thinking if you did your true self, that result would be for you. In fact, you being your true self and holding that space and sharing love and light at that table and your truth probably changed six or seven or eight of the nine lives around that table. They, that's why you were there. So when we have this thing where things happen for us, I don't think it's things synchronicity. It's almost like the universe saying, they need to go here. And the result, yes, at times will be for you, but actually you're here because you're part of this oneness and the results or your space that you hold is actually for somebody else at that at that place. Does that make sense? That makes total sense because things don't go one way in this world. Yeah, we're all connected. You talk a lot about um, connectivity, indeed, uh, which is very interesting. The yeah. way that we're all connected and it's a give and take. You can't yes. can't expect yeah. everything to just come your way. You, no. I don't think we can ever really know the effect of of just a smile that we might give somebody. We can never know what effect that has. We just have yeah. to trust. Yeah. That, it's um, like saying that, um, that we are all one body. And the 10-second philosophy refers to this in the Law of Connection. It says we are all one body. And if you were the left hand and I were the right hand, or if you were the heart and I was the feet, 
No, all parts work to support one another, all get nourished. If I'm standing here today and I'm thirsty and my glass is out of reach, I extend my hand, but my feet walk my hand to the glass. Without having to ask or to, you know, go into a debate or discussion or have to have a treaty set up, no, I, I stretch my hand and my feet just walk me to the glass. Everything is supporting one another. And when I drink the liquid, my stomach takes time to distribute the liquid to every extremity of my body, all parts serving the other. And when I talk about that, I say, well, when we begin to remember, because we do know this, when the world begins to remember that we're all parts of one thing, we can see, we'll see a massive reduction in war and conflicts and other things because we're going to go, hold on a second, if my hand suffers, eventually my body will suffer. If I'm thirsty, all of me will collapse at one point. My throat won't be just dry, my body will fall over. So we begin to pay attention to we're all part of this one thing. When we, when we remember that, when we honour that truth, we'll begin to look after one another in a different way. And that's my hope. No, that is so true. We, we live life often from a too individualistic way, instead of realising that we're all connected. Yes. Um, and I, I think with internet and technology and all this sort of thing, we realise this even more. We do indeed. Yeah. And I love the idea that, isn't it funny that it's one of those, um, what you might call weird and wonderful things. Uh, how we can get the greatest for ourselves is by helping others get their greatest. And yes. that's just a wonderful equation, you know. If you want to be even happier and more prosperous, well, help others to be happier and more prosperous. And that's so simple. It's like, you no, know, it must be millennium old. But here we are in the 21st century, and how many of us have forgotten that? Yeah, and we, so. we learn all the history in at school, and all we've done throughout the, the, the whole of the time is fight against each other. And Indeed. <laughs> yeah. and, but, and, of course, when, this also goes back to standards, because to me, it's like having the philosophy and the ideas, and, and you know, I've met many people who can philosophically pontificate forever, but I ask them what they're doing, they can't tell me what I should do as a result of that philosophy. Whereas when I want to share what came out of out of my being, which I put down um, as I typed away on the computer, was actually, this is not about me. It's about what's inside of me that can help others to reveal what's inside of them. So it's actually about the reader, it's about everybody else. And that's the key. So it kept giving me throughout the whole book practical things and exercises and ideas and thoughts to help the individual reading the book to really get the most out of themselves. Not the most out of the book, the most out of themselves. Yes, that's an, an important point as well. There are exercises in the book to help us connect with our true self. Yes. Which are really helpful. Yep, thank you. <laughs> oh, no, I really did enjoy the book because it's such a wonderful practical philosophy and it's about our lives and it's something we can all relate to. And Indeed. more important than anything, it's simple. So there's actually no excuse why we can't put it into action. Absolutely agree. I think that's well put. And that's a real clear way of putting it. Um, and I think I use that. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I liked, I liked all the little quotes that you put throughout. They were really like um, clear and yes. summed up, you know, because I think in a few words you can say an awful lot. You really yeah. can. I liked the, uh, where you said, don't wait, get your music out, just get started. Yeah. Love Indeed. that. Yeah. Okay, now... We're going to have to draw to a close now because I've got to go and cook dinner. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep to my dinner standards. Indeed. <laughs> um, but before, before I go, I wanted you to, to say something to the listeners, to something short that will help them to live the, the best possible life today. 
for each of us, there is uh, there's truth inside of each of us. Mm-hmm. And when we begin to to set standards and live our lives in a different way, and to be living living our lives as our true as our true self, you might believe at this moment in time that it takes a lot of courage, and I can understand where that belief comes from. What I share with you today is that your truth is more powerful than courage. If we just dare to live and be our truth, we won't need any courage. If you want to change our lives, it won't take courage. It just takes your truth. So a lot of other um, uh, teachers may say, you know, this takes courage, and I don't believe it does. It just takes, well, you, be, you find your truth and you be that truth. No courage required. And others will say, you need willpower to stick at this and to force it through and to keep fighting. I say, no, no, no. Just be your truth. Your truth is more important than willpower. Your truth is more powerful than willpower. So discover your truth and you find you won't need courage. You won't need willpower to find your way to happiness and success. Your truth is the thing that will set you free. So I, I ask you, I urge you, encourage you to begin to be and live your truth. And you, that will change you. And when you change, everything will change for you. Fantastic. Thanks for that. That was that's inspired many people. Thank you very much, and thank, thank you, you, thank you for your, for your time today. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lovely chat. Yeah, thank you, Alison. God bless. And we'll have to do it again sometime. Oh, we'll, we'll do indeed. Well, Absolutely. Thanks Stay a lot, out. Derek. Anna. Cheerio. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit www.inspiredworldmagazine.com for lots more inspiring interviews and articles. See you next time.